Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 14, Episode 5, Weld Tube Special Part 5, A Word from the Wise. Today we're talking with special guests from the Weld Tube Squad, who discuss tribal knowledge they've learned, the different trends and future of the industry, and their best job memories. Let's get right into it. So with welding, there's some serious tribal knowledge, right? I mean, there's no getting around it. You learn stuff from school, you learn stuff from every job, from every helper, every welder that you're with. What tribal knowledge would you guys want to share with our listeners? Like as far as what would benefit you? Yeah. About welding. What's something that you wish somebody had told you five, ten years ago? Uh, I would say maybe stay focused. Don't lose your 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 focus. Don't you know? Take it serious. Practice. Don't give up. Um, Worldliness can be stressful, but you know now now we have these advanced welding machines, and you know that that would help you out a lot. So easy to manage. You know, just keep practicing. Um, well, I would say not necessarily something somebody told me, but don't get in this trade to get money, get in the trade because you love what you do. Because if you don't love welding, you're never going to be in the industry long enough to get the money. So. Oh, uh, I, or do you want to speak first? Go ahead, Travis. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing most of the speaking here. <laughs> um, well, I know the biggest thing uh, that I learned in the industry um, is that if you're very, very hardworking, uh, quite often you'll, you'll actually get ignored for a lot of opportunities. Uh, because you're, you're so focused on working and busy working uh, that you actually need to work on your social skills and you be, need to be able to like actually get to know your bosses and for them to get to know you. Um, because like if you're busy, if somebody is busy, busy working, then a lot of people aren't very familiar with them. They don't actually want to work with somebody who they are not very familiar with. They want to get, they want to work with somebody who they know really well, who's fun, who's, who's fits part of the team. So like um, you'd actually be better off working on your social skills and, um, you know, um, uh, you know, just getting to know your bosses and just, you, you can still be productive, um, but just kind of put your, your emphasis on, on hard work aside and just go up, if you see your boss, hey, go up and just talk, start talking to him and you can ask him about different opportunities because uh, many years ago I used to be that guy who was always like like hardworking and I figured, okay, well, they're going to bring me to the next job because I'm the only one that's hardworking, but I, I'd look over and I'd see the other welders hanging around the boss talking and I figured, oh, I'm going to get brought to the next job and then I wasn't because these other guys got brought over to the job because they were getting to know the bosses and they had really good social skills and really gifted the gab, and I didn't. I was just so focused on the hard work. And it goes back to our conversation earlier on the value of networking, right? The oh, ability yeah. to talk to other people, get to know them, you know. Okay, uh, were you going to say something, Schofield? Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, uh, ego. And uh, a lot of welders, they'd like to, once you start getting to where you're pretty decent in what you're doing, you tend to just, think you're better than everybody else and i remember an old timer told me one time he says man you need to pay attention to everyone he says somebody knows more than you do and he says uh he said like i just i just know that like as a pipeliner you get the brother-in-law with somebody most of the time there's a guy on the other side of the pipe and if he's beating you down the side he is doing something different and if i mean it's something to learn from and so you can learn from everybody and just don't just shut out people and think that you're as good as you think you are. I mean, 
there's always somebody better. I mean, watching these guys all week, I got a lot to work on. <laughs> okay, it's agreed. We all got lots to work on. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from you guys, I'm I'm hopeless. <laughs> confidence is good, right? Confidence you got to be confident good, in your course. abilities, but you need to still maintain that element of humility, right? That you point, can yeah. still learn. That's right? a great way of putting it. Be Always humble. be open-minded to just absorb, you know, all the all the knowledge. <laughs> I was just gonna. I had that jotted down earlier conversation. It was those little details. That little, like, say he's beating you. That little thing, tweaking your technique. While well, I've always rooted like this. Well, change that one little thing. All of a sudden, way better, way easier. Whatever it is, like, yeah, it's those little things. But uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one of the things you're talking about from the old timers and that one thing that got passed on to me was uh, as frustrating as it is sometimes um, wanting to blow up on people or, you know, get mad, have an argument, whatever. Um, he put it as basically to avoid that as much as possible because you never know whether it's a helper, whether it's a guy raking the yard, sweeping the shop floor, um, whoever it is, you never know in five years where he'll be. Um, he's, he could be signing your checks in two years from now, the next project, he could be your foreman, your super, your quality control and getting along with people. And there are people out there that sometimes need a talking to, but, uh, doing it civil, not blowing up and treating people with some respect can go a long way when you meet people in the future or have to work with them. True. Very true. It's a small world. Very, very small world. Agreed. Okay, so looking forward, what trends are you guys seeing or what's the future outlook for welding in the industries that you're working with? What are you seeing? What do you want to tell our listeners to prepare for as they're joining the industry or, or as they're already part of the industry? What, what do they need to be preparing for? Well, I know my boss, he's petrochemical, so he's pushing for alloys and exotics. Yeah. Um, I know in Alberta, I know you guys in the States, you love your 6010. I do too, but uh, unfortunately, some of that hydrogen in there, um, I'm starting to see a push in Alberta more so for uh, TIG. TIG is catching on big time, um, as well as RMD in the shop setting. Not quite as much in the field yet, but um, it's one of those things that's it's still used. It used to be, it was only 6010, 7018. Then TIG caught on a little bit. Yeah, you could get your TIG ticket, and now... The guys with the TIG tickets, the stainless tickets, uh, you're on you're on the job till the end. You're getting on to the next one. You're getting hired because that versatility and yeah, we'll have you do the little bit of six ten, but you can also do everything else. So starting to push away from that more into TIG, more into RMD and wire. The way I see things, uh, I think there's plenty of work for everyone. Uh, different processes, you know. I, I would recommend for like the new people to. You know, do some research and uh, see what you want to do. See what you really like. Uh, you know, it could be pipeline, alloys, and so on. Structural. Yeah, do some research. See what you really like. and Or maybe try a little bit of all of them. You know, see which direction you want to go. Yeah, and then um, eventually you're going to like one of them. <laughs> Arc Reach Smart Feeder delivers excellent RMD and pulsed MIG welding up to 200 feet away from the power source with no control cables. 
twice the distance previously possible. RMD and pulsed MIG processes also help reduce weld failures and eliminate backing gas on some stainless and chromoly applications. For more information, visit MillerWelds.com slash wirefeeders. One thing about the welding industry that, that is such a good thing is that it's so huge, right? And there's so many different directions you can take it. Uh, you can, just the welding portion, right? If you just want to be a welder and there's a lot of different areas you can take it. If you want to go be a CWI, you want to get your experience being a welder and then go on, you know, get your certification, become a CWI or work for some company, uh, you know, in, in some other aspect. If you want to go on and get a four-year degree, right? Um, you can become a weld engineer. You can, there's, there's, there's so many different areas that you could to go within the welding industry. And the more exposure that you get, the more education, and I don't mean just schooling and, and, and a degree, Education to me is all forms of learning, right? Learning all the processes, all the skill sets, um, all of those things are going to make you more valuable for sure. I think too, to go off that, like you say, there's many uh, kind of endless routes to go, but you don't have, you're not stuck down that one. Like I say, you can go welding, change it up if it's not working or something else new interests you, you can change that up. And that, one of the things with the money in welding is you can use that to your advantage. Make that money, move into something, change it up. You're not stuck on that road forever. Well, and you always also have something to fall back on, right? If, if something goes wrong or doesn't work out, you always have the ability and the network to say, hey, I need help. I need to get back in. Help me out. Okay, so what's your best memory of a job? Now, it can be when, you know, something went crazy, it was crisis, but, or just awesome. What's some of your favorite memories of, of jobs? Uh let me go ahead and throw this one off. Um, a great memory that I, I had, I used to work for the shop a while back, and um, they introduced uh, tip tape on, on us. And what is tip tape? You know, everyone <laughs> was like, what the heck? You know? Uh, and there he goes for Sendo, raising his hand that he wanted to learn. And, yeah, so I, I was pretty much self-taught, too. And uh, it was a little bit of a challenge, but it can be done. So, yeah, um, I liked it. <laughs> that was a good thing, good process. Well, I know many years ago I was, uh, I was doing aluminum, and uh, um, it was like 10-inch pipe, and I had to go to Calgary. And with me, I brought my, my – she was like a girlfriend at the time. Uh, so I brought her with me, and she was my helper and everything. And then I, I – Usually, like most jobs, I, I just don't really care for. I don't really think about. But I just fondly remember that one. That was kind of funny because we were sitting in my truck during uh, break, and we got all this like all these bags of candy and everything, <laughs> you know. And then like, and there was like a root beer uh, flavored uh, one of those those Coke bottles with all the sugar on it. And then so I'm like, good, the last <laughs> last root beer. So I got it and ready to put it in my mouth, and she's like, waxed on my hand. She's like, that's the last root beer, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh no, sorry, it's her. You, you can have it. And they're like, no, 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 you can have it. She tried, she tried putting it in my in my mouth. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those, those funny memories. It's just, yeah. My, one of my favorites is the first time I ever drove a D8 dozer. We had caught up on all the welding. We were waiting for a, a delivery of some parts, and hey, we were clearing a forest area to do some snowmaking equipment and he's like well you got nothing else to do you may as well just go jump on that dozer and start pushing trees over so 
I got to push trees over with a dozer. That was kind of cool. D8, that ain't a small machine. No, no. <laughs> I had to say one of mine, the uh, the welder I apprenticed under, he ended up starting his own company up, small job in Calgary. And so I'd worked during the week at my normal job in town. Uh, I was a welder helper there. And then weekends, I'd drive out to Calgary about three hours and go help him for the weekend. Friday night, we, uh, of course, they were there. We'd load up uh, some shoes for some piping, some oxygen bottles, some argon, or pro- propane, acetylene bottles in the truck, and bringing stuff down for the weekend they need. Well, head out, and about halfway through the trip, I stop, side of the road, and see oil under my truck, and I'm like, oh, no. So make it, just barely make it to the gas station, get the last jug of oil they had just before they closed, and by this time it's 8, eight o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. And I was staying with the one guy, so he says, yeah, doors open, just come on in when you get here. So we'll finally make it. Okay, this is the address, I'm pretty sure. And all right, well, I'm pretty sure the door is open. Yeah, okay, walk in. Not even have my boots off. Stand on the front door of the mat, just closing the door. And this dog comes running down the stairs and starts barking. And I'm like, oh, boy, I really, really hope I'm at the right house right now. Went onto the couch, slept, and woke up in the right house the next day. So, <laughs> I would probably say uh, we were down in Colorado, and I don't remember what year it was, but they had. I remember we were sitting there, and we started getting rained on. I mean, not bad, but we were getting rained on. So they cabbed up, and we we're all sitting there waiting for this storm that was supposed to blow over, and it started dumping rain. Well, it wound up washing out the bridges, it washed out the roads. I mean, it. It was a pretty good monsoon. But anyways, we come back about a week later, and where we had laid this pipeline, we had to get basically over this ditch and over to start laying more line. And so uh, it was deep, too. So I took off fast as I could in this little welding truck I had and hit a shelf on the very far end of this thing and just stopped me solid. <laughs> And I had a buddy that was right behind me, so I was hollering at him to go the other way. And he took off and went around me and just, like, sunk his truck clear up past the door. <laughs> and uh, so we're all – I got pictures of it. And we're sitting on top of our trucks waiting for the side boom to show up <laughs> so they could come hook onto us and pull us out. But, oh, I just remember he was so mad at me for waving him over to the other side. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> you got anything for us, Matt? Uh, best memory, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, probably my best. I have a little bit different background than a lot of the guys here, so my best memory is probably the day I broke out and worked, started working for myself. Um, I did eleven years in shops, bouncing around the country, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, Texas, and then finally decided it's time to make myself some money and not make the man money. So the day I broke out on my own and kind of do my own show—that's probably my best memory. It might not be as cool as some of these other guys, but to have the ve- uh, versatility and to do kind of go in the direction of my life where I want it to go, not not some shop that really doesn't care, and they're going to replace me next week if I leave. So kind of taking my life into my own hands and doing my own thing is probably my best memory. Awesome. Cody, what about you? Oh, I got a lot, uh, a lot of really high points in my career. I, you know, I have a pretty unique uh, job in the welding industry, and I have the opportunity to interface and and interact with lots of different uh, people. So I don't know that I can pick just one of those things, but uh, 
I would say just in general, that ability to interact with people, right? Uh, I came into Miller and I wanted to be the best that I could be, right? I'm a ride for the brand kind of guy. You know, I grew up on a ranch and uh, that's just something that that was kind of born and bred into me, right? You ride for the brand. And so when I signed up for Miller, I wanted to be the best that I could be. And when I started out, I didn't know how to weld pipe. I'd never welded any pipe, right? And so I kind of got thrown out into the deep end. But fortunately, I was able to interact with some really good people, right? Uh, union and non-union, right? I spent I spent a lot of time. I work a lot a lot with uh, 798 pipeliners uh, uh, and a, a lot of great non-union welders as well. So just interacting with them and keeping my hood down and working every day. Uh, that's to me that's the high point right being able to work on something that that i know is going to go out the door and is going to be on some guy's pickup truck and he's relying on that to make money for him his family every day so that's to me is is the high point is just interacting with the everyday you know guys that are out there welding and and making a living and making it happen Thank you for listening to the Bevel Talk Season 14. Please check out all of this season's episodes featuring the Weld Tube Squad, 